When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello everyone and welcome to the Arsenal Way. We are back at you with an Analyzing Arsenal episode and of course I'm joined by David Hughes. David, how are you? Uh, I'm okay, yeah, probably a little bit better than yourself, Bailey, and uh, a few of the others watching and listening, but yeah, I'm good, thanks mate. <laughs> of course, of course, being an Everton fan, I know you was waiting for the Analyzing Arsenal and it did go in your favour with the <laughs> Everton win on Monday. Just give me, a, uh, give me a feeling, how are you feeling about that win? Just What are your thoughts, your initial thoughts on that? Yeah, you know, I guess from the, the Everton side of things, it was a big win because, um, you know, Arsenal have certainly over the last, you know, 10, 12 games, they've, they've been picking up results. You know, I've spoke before on the show that I think uh, sometimes uh, the games have been quite often in the balance and it's kind of landed on the right side of the result for Arsenal. Um, but it was important for them to keep grinding on victories. So I knew it was going to be a tough game. Um, and to come out with a win... You know, it was huge for Everton because Arsenal definitely had the potential to to beat them. Uh, so, yeah, I think uh, Everton would be very relieved to, to get something from that game. And obviously, a kick in the teeth for, for Arsenal fans, but the manner in that it comes about, you know, coming so late on, no chance of throwing it away as well, was certainly from an Everton perspective that bit sweeter. Yeah, a real disappointment for us Arsenal fans. It's back-to-back games now where we've taken the lead in the game, we've had control, and suddenly we just look like a complete different team once we take the lead. But David, mm-hmm. I know you would, I'd like to touch on your bud Everton thoughts, so we need to touch on Arsenal here. I just want to know what like, what was the biggest reason why Arsenal lost that game? There's, there are multiple factors. Fans were touching on the tactics of Arteta, the inexperience of the defence, some of the individual mistakes. But for you, just briefly, what was the biggest biggest reason for the defeat, do you think? So I remember thinking in the game, um, obviously it was a fairly even contest, wasn't it? The open 45 minutes or so and Arsenal scored at a really good time. But what really stood out for me, uh, and this isn't very technical, this is just an observation of the game. It, it felt as if uh, Arsenal were quite keen to... Sorry mate, we're not live, are we? <laughs> no, no, are we live? It shouldn't be. A sh- I think it should be pre-recorded. Be let me let me just. I think we've got a parcel at the door, so I'll that's, just. That's fine. That's fine. That's two fine. seconds, and I'll pick up that's from cool. that question. Sorry yeah, that's cool. That. That's cool. That's cool, man. We're not live. Good, 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 good. Yeah, I thought, I thought we wouldn't be. I'd be a bit weird if we were. So. Yeah, that's calm. So the question was, you asked me what I felt was the reason Arsenal lost the game. Yeah, yeah, I'll yeah, take yeah. It there. Cheers. Cool. Yeah, th- this isn't really, you know, anything specifically to do with the, the tactics side of things, but it did feel like it was a really even contest in the in the say the first forty five minutes. Arsenal scored at a really good time, but then there seemed to be a change in focus. Um, 
and I thought the game management wasn't the best from Arsenal at all. Um, it was quite clear that they were looking to run the clock down uh, for, you know, certainly halfway through the second half, it seemed to be large periods of just stop-start. And I know that can quite often be branded as uh, finding ways to win ugly and things, but I also think it resulted in a bit of a change of mindset with the Arsenal players as well. And there wasn't a lot of attacking emphasis in the team. It was very conservative. Um and the reason I say that is because when Everton equalised, it kind of felt like it gave Arsenal a bit of a boost up the backside and they started looking quite dangerous again. Um, so I don't know if maybe they, they struggled with that. They didn't manage the game too well. Everton switched uh, formation a little bit midway through the second half, went to a 4-3-3. Uh, I thought Everton done quite well then. Uh, they looked more dangerous and I've said before and we'll probably come on to it shortly, Bailey. I don't think... Um, Arteta's always the best in terms of being a plan B manager, you know, managing things in the game. Uh, I think it looked like he, he he didn't quite respond correctly or quick enough to that. Um, and for me, they were they were two big factors in, in the results. Yeah, of course, we did speak about, uh, you did mention Arteta's plan B, but I just want to talk about Arteta's plan A first and his starting lineup. Were you surprised about the inclusion of Granit Xhaka and uh, Kieran Tien? Of course, Xhaka hasn't played in three months and suddenly he gets thrown in the deep end for a game at Goodison Park, a ground mm. where Arsenal haven't won in four years and you'd expect the team to come with players who have played who are not... It was a risk, wasn't it, playing Granit Xhaka in that game? Yeah, yeah, because um, what can happen... OK, I haven't been out of form, but what can, you know, uh, quite often happen at Goodison is it does get quite hostile, you know, especially mm. if the fans get on board and it, it, it can become very frantic. And I felt like that happened a few times. The game did become quite frantic, you know, whenever it pressed Arsenal. And don't forget, we know that Arsenal obviously a team who like to play out. Uh, and it seems like Arteta is going to insist on doing that consistently, irrespective of opponents. Uh, you know, best example at Anfield a few weeks ago, obviously it was to the detriment, but it's a philosophy he wants to stick with. So Everton knew that was going to happen. So I thought he pressed well at times. And if you're not quite sharp enough, not quite up to speed, like Jacket didn't look like at times, then, then you can be punished, can't you? Um, and then Tini obviously comes back in. Don't know where to stand on that because Tavares has done has done quite well. I know he obviously had that mistake, didn't he, Anfield? But mm. beyond that, I mean, you watched him a lot more than me. I don't think he's really had any any poor performances or any standout poor displays. Um, would that be fair? Or yeah, I think um, at home he's done very well. So when he, we go to the tougher away grounds that he's struggled, I think against right. Manchester United he he held his own. He did he did do well. It just looked like he was a bit out of place at times. He did look a bit mm -hmm. nervy on the ball, a bit inexperienced. I think that was our maybe that's the, yeah maybe that's why Tierney comes back in. He has got that experience. Um, Coincidentally, I, I said before the Liverpool show, I probably would have started Tini as long as he was fit enough at Anfield. I think it would have been a better occasion. So so maybe that was a thinking. Maybe Arteta learned a little bit from that that fixture from the United game and thought Tini's probably better for this for this one. But Xhaka was a surprise. I didn't expect them to see him start. Yeah, same, exactly. And uh, Tini did work because, of course, for Arsenal's first goal, it was a Tini cross that was met with by Martin Erdegaard. And Martin Erdegaard, finally, he has started to turn up for Arsenal recently. And I think Arta did deserve criticism for the game against Everton, but his decision to start Erdegaard and Tini worked, didn't it? They, had to, they, did, com yeah. they did combine a little bit. Yeah, I think it's, it's, it can be a little bit hard to sometimes unlock the consistency of Erdegaard, but when you do get the best version of him, uh, and I de definitely thought he played well uh, in spells on, on Monday night. If Arsenal can, can just get that out consistently, then I think he he, he can be a top player. Um, 
I guess the problem is sometimes he's a little bit more inventive and I think uh, Arteta can be a little bit strict in what he wants from his profiles, uh, some of the players. Again, something we'll maybe come on to in, in, in a bit. Yeah, definitely. And um, we did speak on Shaka, and I want to speak about his partner, Thomas Party. Of course, in the game against Manchester United, he came out and said he had a four out of ten performance. He's not used to the speed of the Premier League. He's still trying to adapt. So then, you guys, you said Goodison Park is a very hostile place, and he definitely felt the wrath of that because he looked quite out of place and he lost the most jewels on the on the whole pitch as a whole. So Thomas Party was another struggle, wasn't he, uh, David? Yeah, yeah, and that's obviously a crucial position in the pitch. Um, you know, I, I assume we'll, we'll talk briefly about a defensive side of things shortly. But yeah, you need kind of your top performers there and you need the, the cool heads and the ones who recycle possession, look after a little bit better, uh, can kind of regain it. Um, I mean, you just touched on duels there. That's really important. You know, you, want, you need to be able to regain the ball in the middle of the park and break down attacks. And it did feel like at times Everton will cut through a little bit easier than they probably should have. Um, and that's, I imagine, something that Arteta would have been pretty disappointed about after the game. Yeah, most definitely. And you spoke about how it was easy to get through our midfield. And Everton, of course, you've got Dominic Calvert-Lewin injured. Ricardoson has to cover. Solomon Rondon has been playing there recently. And it seemed like the goals were dry. But against Arsenal, Arsenal's defence just look more leaky than they usually do. Ramsdale's conceding. Gabriel was making mistakes. Like, why? Mm -hmm. Was it the pressure of Goodison Park? Was Everton just so passionate because of the recent turmoil at the club? What was it? Why was Arsenal so leaky? Yeah, I think I think Arsenal played Everton on a really bad night. Actually, you know, you're coming on the back of a, a really bad defeat against your biggest rivals. Uh, been building for a few weeks, uh, but I also don't think that's an excuse. And to be honest with you, if you if you look at goals conceded alone. Uh, and you look at the number of the clean sheets that Arsenal have kind of generated over the past 10, 10 11 weeks or so. Um, everything looks hunky-dory, you know, really good. But a little bit of a scratch beyond the underlying numbers, it, it, it painted a little bit of a different picture. Uh, I mean, even on, on on Monday night, if you were to just look at the, the XG for the game, for example, um, Arsenal finished with an XG of one um, against, which isn't too bad, really. But... Obviously, you have two goals chalked off that were really kind of centimetres in it, you know, and they were, if you throw them in it, it probably looks a bit more lopsided in Everton's favour. Um, I had a quick look at the numbers before we come on, and only five sides have got a higher XG against this season. Uh, only seven teams have allowed more shots on their goal. So you're kind of looking and thinking the defence, probably from a performance perspective, hasn't been that great. And that would line up a little bit with what we've seen with games like against Brighton. To get Brighton game of thoughts, you know, Brighton were really dangerous that day and asked to probably roll the look a little bit. And you're probably looking at Ramsdale and thinking, you know, he's a big reason why we why Arsenal have, have kind of come out with this good defensive record uh, because he's been so good. Um, so the way I'd be looking at it, I'd be going, yeah, okay, the defence had a good spell. But the goals that they're starting to slowly concede again probably aren't a shock based on the performance numbers. So there's there's still work to be done there in terms of uh, in terms of improvements because you can't rely on you know Ramsdale for example every week. It, it, you, unfortunately, he's, he's only human, isn't he? Although he's been really good, we saw on Monday he can't keep everything out. Yeah, at all. So would you say the Everton game was finally exposed and uh, we were papering over the cracks a little bit. Ramsdale was saving us a little bit and Everton finally exposed what actually hasn't been that completely solid defence? Yeah, I think you've summarised it really well there. Um, you know, one of the, obviously Arsenal fans are listening, don't want to come across like being too critical. No, no, but yeah. 
It's just, I think there's there's a perception sometimes that you just look at the goals and think, uh, oh, we've stopped conceding goals here, but we're, we're fantastic. But if if you're probably a little bit more honest, you know, Arsenal fans listening now, and we think of a few performances, a few games like the Brighton one, for example, you do start thinking, mm, yeah, maybe it's it actually isn't as good as we think. And this could be a good thing in terms of um, putting more focus on improving the defence. Of course, I completely agree with you. I think the defence has been leaky recently and it's something Arteta needs to improve on. But one thing he definitely needs to improve on that is the attacking side of things. Now, of course, at Goodison Park this season, Everton conceded five goals to Watford, four goals to Liverpool, but Arsenal didn't look like they could create a single chance. And Lacazette was up front that day. Do you think that was the right decision, David? Should we have stuck with Aubameyang, maybe? <sighs> yeah, it's, it's hard, isn't it? Uh, because... I know Aubameyang, uh, just from the outside looking in, you know, I do follow a few Arsenal, uh, you know, fans and people in the Arsenal bubble. And I noticed he has been getting a little bit of criticism, being a bit wasteful this year. Um, and some of it justified, I might add. You know, obviously, there was the one against Watford. He, he missed a good chance against Everton late on as well. But, you know, on the whole, he's, he, he has kind of been, certainly in terms of his underlying numbers, he's been performing pretty much on par. I just think he's had a few high-profile misses. Those ones I just mentioned, the penalty uh, miss against... Who, who, who was that against? The uh, against Watford. Watford again, yeah. So um, I think that's maybe influenced things. I could have influenced Arteta as well, but you know, he's still obviously a top, top striker, isn't he? And I think the attacking issues are probably a bit of a, a wider problem in terms, of, in terms of Arsenal's own chance creation as a team. Because again, if you look at... Monday night. What was the? I mean, the possession share was something silly, wasn't it? About uh, 63% Arsenal had. So as per usual, a lot of the ball, a uh, lot of territorial dominance. But I think there was only maybe 10 passes into the penalty area. I, I think the shot count was almost identical. I'll check. Yeah, Everton had four shots on target, 11 overall. Arsenal had three on target, 10 overall. So you know, it was it was very very similar and. I guess the, the point I'm trying to make is whilst we can talk about the profiles, Lacazette or Aubameyang, I think the issue probably is is it's not so much the profile who's up top, it's it's a wider point of not being able to convert ball dominance into the actual shots on goal and yeah. you know chances for the uh, attackers. Yeah, definitely. If Arsenal fans are labelling it as pointless possession at times during the game mm -hmm. against Everton because we just wasn't creating any chances. And Arteta did, did try to change that. He did bring on Eddie Nketiah and Nuno Tavares for Kieran Tierney, but I think that went negatively for Arsenal. Do you agree with that, David? Yeah, yeah, probably. Because we've just been talking about Tierney saying he wasn't really doing too, too poorly. And I know, I, for me, I, it just feels a little bit like a, how I'd describe a sideways substitution. So... Not necessarily uh, pushing the needle towards the, the win column, just a kind of a little bit of a sideways move. And I know you've got players like Pepe on the bench, for example, um, who maybe could have been a different option to come on. You know, a bit more attack focused, a um, bit more of a maverick can pr produce things in the final third. But again, I, I, I touched on it earlier. I don't think Arteta particularly likes those kind of maverick profiles. Mm. Um, Last season, I noticed that's only one thing, but at, uh, Arsenal had the fewest dribble attempts across the Premier League. I think they're fairly low again this year. And I think, although it's only one metric, that it does kind of paint this picture, that, along with what we watch of Arsenal under Arteta, that's all very rigid. He likes to be very set in his ways, the short kind of passing sequences, and doesn't really like anyone to bring a little bit more flair, I guess. 
I don't know if you'd, you'd agree, really. Or... Yeah, I'd completely agree. I think that's why Pepe has really struggled under Arteta because Pepe is that type of player that you have described. Mm. I think he is a moments player. He's a player who will take the game take the game by the scruff of his neck, but he won't do the hard dogged work, tracking back, following mm. the system. And that's why maybe he has been ostracised. And, and Arteta did say he brought Enketa because he has been performing well in training. And that relates to, of course, playing in a rigid system, doing what is needed to be done for his team. And I also want to speak about the Tierney and Tavares I think after Tini got subbed off, I feel like Everton really did target Arsenal's right-hand side to Varish. They really attacked with Aaron Gordon, uh, Anthony Gordon down there. Sorry, would you agree with that? Yeah, and this is maybe the the, the, the difference between the two, aren't isn't it? Um, you know, he although we we complimented him rightly so because I don't change what we said at the start. I think he has done well since he's come in, but. Um, he probably hasn't got that same defensive solidity that that Tierney has. Now I don't know. Maybe Arteta looked at it and thought uh, he'll bring more on the ball. Um, even though Tierney in his own right is a good attacker, but potentially he's looked at it and thought he'll bring more on the ball. So we'll we'll bring him in. Everton obviously went to a three midfield. Um, so you're kind of losing that natural wide man unless you're having the the, the wider the wider attackers dropping in. Um, but maybe he just thought there might be a little bit more space for him to to cause issues, and that's why he brought him on. But yeah, it, it, it as you said, it become a little bit of a negative because Gordon was, you know, Gordon was quite a threat all evening. You know, he's a he's a tricky uh, young player to deal with, and what ended up happening was he, he that side just become more vulnerable, and he kind of had more joy down there. And there was a really good chance later on as well. I think uh, former Arsenal man Awobi had, had one night yeah. probably could have. And it comes down that side. I can't remember exactly how the passage of play kind of originates, but it was definitely it, it, the chance comes down. Uh, Arsenal's left, um, and the Wobie should really score. And he doesn't. Yeah, I think if that goal went in, that would have been the ultimate embarrassment for Arsenal. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be coming back to score, but frankly, yeah. for Arsenal, it didn't. But we did have our own chances towards the end, didn't we, David? With Aubameyang and Enketia are missing crucial chances to get the team back into the side. Yeah, yeah, looked a bit. They felt like a little bit like, uh, although Evan probably read, read the look a little tiny bit near the end there. Um, the, the very, I think it was a bombing who, who drags it wide, doesn't he? Very late on. Yeah. I think that was a really nice sequence with the dummy in, in the middle of the pitch mm. as well. Um, the header was a big miss. That was a really big miss. Um, so Arsenal on the other day could have probably come away with at least a draw there. Um, but does it. You know, we talked about it before. Would would that have maybe papered over the cracks a little bit? You know, would would the would the um, fans been coming away? Would Arteta even be saying, you know, we've gone, we performed really well, solid points away from home against a tough ground? When in reality, as I said, you know, on another day with centimeters in it, that game could have finished. You know, what was it four um, yeah. one? And don't get me wrong, the decisions were correct. I'm not saying they weren't, but. Just very fine margins that kind of went yeah. went Arsenal's way there. So, that if there's one benefit of getting beat here, and that there's very few, obviously, because you want to pick up as many points as possible. If there's one benefit, I think it did maybe just highlight that things aren't as rosy as they might have looked. There's still work to be done, um, and you could argue work on both sides of the, of the game as well. Yeah, definitely. And just to finish off on finish up on the episode, sorry, you said there's work to be done. Now going into the Southampton game, what can Arteta look at? What particular part of the pitch or personnel can you look at and take it into the Southampton game and say we need to improve from the Everton game? What part would you say? 
Yeah, it's tough actually. Um, I definitely think, although we've we've highlighted defence has not been as brilliant as as maybe it looked in terms of goals against over the last few weeks. I still think it's 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 improved, and there's a top keeper there, and I, I do I do expect you know maybe against Southampton it to be a little bit better. It won't you know the, the environment won't be like it was at Goodison Park, for example. I, I think the for me the biggest issue is the attacking side of things. Um, I'd like to see a little bit more of a fluidity to Arsenal, uh, a little bit less of that rigid structure, a little bit more imagination. Uh, I probably would be looking at like a Pepe in there. I don't know if maybe there's something gone on between him and Arteta or it is just a football thing, but I would like to see just a few more profiles who are capable of dribbling, running at plays and just causing a little bit more havoc on settling a, a, a defence. There was a couple of times, um, I'm trying to think who it was, there were some great runs from maybe it might have been like a Saka or someone like mm. that. And it does dis- disorganise the defensive structure. And when you've got good de- attackers around those players, it can create openings. And I'd just like to see a little bit more of that. So, you know, against Southampton, who are a team who tend to be quite aggressive without the ball, you know, you pressure quite hard. I think that's a good opportunity to have one or two players who are better in 1v1s, you know, better dribblers, maybe bypass men. Um disorganise their structure a little bit and then hopefully Arsenal can can expose it and, and just try and start creating more chances. Yeah, definitely. I think Arteta just needs to give more belief in his wingers, give them, as you said, more freedom, let them express themselves more and that maybe we can create chances from that rather than being so rigid. But we shall see how Arsenal do against Southampton on Saturday. David, thank you. You've been a legend for this show. Thank you, mate. Yeah, really enjoyed it. Good to speak to you and um, look forward to the next one. Yeah, me too. Thank you very much, guys. If you want to see more content from David, make sure you follow him on Twitter at DAHughes underscore. Also, follow me on Twitter at BaileyKeo underscore. Also, make sure you subscribe and comment and like all the videos on the Arsenal way as there'll be more Analyzing Arsenal episodes coming soon. And also, guys, most importantly, make sure you keep following us down the Arsenal way. Mm